Hello and welcome to the Supply Chain Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today and don't forget to come back every Friday for new episodes featuring leaders in the supply chain. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Sherry Diaz, Innovation, Strategy and Operations Director for IBM Sterling. We will be discussing some of Sherry and my favourite topics, sustainability and technology, as well as the integral role that these both played in the COVID pandemic. So firstly, could you please introduce yourself and your current job role, Sherry? Sure, I'm happy to. Thank you for having me, Emily. Um, Pleased to be here. So I'm Sherry Diaz, and I'm a self-proclaimed supply chain geek, um, and I love looking across the technology available to us today and figuring out how to bring that in service of all of you supply chain practitioners out there in the world. Um, So my current role is innovation and strategy for IBM Sterling, and Sterling is the group of technology solutions that we offer to the supply chain market. Amazing. And I'm always interested in learning about how people kind of found themselves in the supply chain realm, because I I feel like it isn't really taught at um, education at all. So I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about your background and kind of how you fell into it. Um, And I agree with you. They didn't used to teach it much. They're starting to. We are getting our seat at the proverbial table as, you know, supply chain practitioners. Um, you know, I'm an industrial engineer, but I was mechanical undergrad, industrial um, master's degree. And at the heart of that, I'm just a problem solver. Um, I love to see the big picture, how the pieces of the puzzle fit together, create models of processes, um, give them different inputs and see what comes out the other end uh, kind of thing. And um, yeah, and I, I joined IBM 19 years ago, um, straight out of after getting my MBA, because I quickly saw all these processes that I'm modeling have real financial implications, right? And 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 really, that's the that's the sweet spot of understanding the levers that we have to pull in supply chain process and workflow that do have that impact on the overall financial health of the business. So it's a great combo from an education and a background perspective. I worked inside IBM's supply chain organization. I was, you know, assembling and testing servers at one point in my career um, and and trying to improve those processes and then into procurement and into customer fulfillment, business transformation, uh, landing myself here in a strategy and innovation role. I think it's really interesting what you said as well, kind of getting our seat at the table, because um, in recent in recent months, even this past year, um, the supply chains become ever so important. I kind of just want to uh, preface this podcast and kind of the topics that we'll be discussing and just kind of uh, I want to know what what makes you passionate about the supply chain and kind of what keeps you on your toes and excited for it every day. Um, so I will tell you, I love I love a challenge. I love a dynamic environment. Um, and I think supply chain definitely has both of those. Uh, I'm a planner. You know, anybody who has an industrial engineering background is a planner. You're efficiency driven uh, in everything that you do. And my children would um, like to see me back off on that once in a while. But, um, you know, there, there's we, we make great plans. Planning is the hardest job in supply chain. Predicting the future is the hardest job in supply chain, but there's a lot of great technology we can bring to that, and we're getting better and better at it every day. 
but even the best laid plans, um, you know, there's so, we go so fast today, so fast next day, same day delivery kind of things. Um, and the customer expectations are just off the charts and, and they're, they're not going to go back to where they were in the past, right? We, we never move backward. Expectations from customers never move backward. And so there's constantly a new challenge. There's always a way to make it better. Um, and, and the external factors that, that cause disruptions in the supply chain. You know, we, we, we are firefighters um, uh, in, in a sense, in terms of there's always something. My plan might be fabulous, um, but there's always things out of my control. And that's where being resilient comes in. That's where a thoughtful design to your supply chain can enable you to pivot. And boy, did we see a lot of pivoting going on last year, given the pandemic. Um, so it was exciting to see, and it was great to help many of our customers through that time. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm excited to touch on kind of sustainability here regarding to the past uh, year and obviously the pandemic and um, kind of using the phrase back on track and obviously resilience and um, how we can bounce back from, you know, the opinions on sustainability. So um, do you think the opinions did change from a business or consumer perspective on sustainability? And um, how do you think that we, you know, we can bounce back from this? Yeah. So I will tell you at the beginning of 2020, there was a, there was huge momentum behind the sustainability conversation. Uh, you know, I, I was authoring blogs and re helping write research papers and things and, and so excited about it. Um, and we, you know, our, our attention was diverted to survival mode. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and, Again, you know, we, we, we sort of lived day by day for a while, getting used to the, what was happening around us and figuring out how to uh, continue and sustain our businesses and, you know, sustainable practices and changes that we were making sort of took a backseat. I am absolutely thrilled to say that they are coming back roaring this year um, and the agenda is back and it's better than ever. And it has the advantage of, you know, the pandemic was not a good thing, but it did cause a couple of good repercussions for supply chain. Number one, it is extremely clear if you have a well-run, efficient supply chain, you have a strategic advantage. Number two, if you have a well-designed supply chain, and you have that resiliency built in, you also have an even bigger strategic advantage. So people are investing in their supply chain overall, you know, hiring new talent, hiring consultants, putting in new technology solutions, you know, revamping processes. While they're making all of these decisions, sustainability is an influencing factor. Right? So we've got big decisions getting made and sustainability as a very firm consideration in that decision-making process. Because if, if you think about, you know, how are we going to really move the needle on sustainability? It's got to be, you know, the proverbial triple bottom line. It, it's got to drive profit. It's got to drive a financial lever. It's got to help the planet, right? So profit and planet. And the third of the triple bottom line, the third is people. People 
are more engaged in the work that they're doing when they're not just driving profit, when they're driving sustainable practices, when they're doing something good for the world. They are very proud and engaged in the work they're doing. So we have got to look for and really, you know, specifically, deliberately target activities and changes and decisions in our, you know, in our roles as supply chain executives that really hit at the triple bottom line. We've got to make all those considerations equally important, profit, planet, and people. Yeah, and you make a really amazing point, kind of um, how the pandemic was just an, an amazing display of how agile and flexible the supply chains are and can be. I'm kind of wondering, um, you mentioned people here, what were the other factors that helped this? Uh, you know, we talk about technology a lot um, and just kind of leadership as well in that people role. So can you expand on that for me? I'll talk about resiliency specifically, you know, in, in that sense, because again, we're firefighters. You, you, we had all kinds of new challenges on the table and we went to work, right? And the first thing you do is you take stock of what you have available to you. You try to look and say, what's going to happen? You know, I see what's happening to me right now. I see where the puck is. Where's the puck going, right? And, and you try then to make those adjustments. Um, so, you know, some businesses, it, and it, it was a lot of channel shifting. And when I say channel, meaning do you sell online? Do you sell direct? Do you sell through marketplaces? Do you sell direct, you know, bricks and mortar? Um, and how do you package? Do you package individually? Do you package in family packs? Do you package in bulk packs? You know, all, all of those, um, you know, decisions that, that and, and all of the, the ways we were used to got turned on their head. Um, grocery stores had to figure out how to allow customers to shop online and pick it up at the curb, right? And knowing exactly what is on your shelves, what you can allow a customer online to put in a, a virtual shopping cart, um, that was that was huge. That was a big transition for people. And honestly, we're still getting that right. You know, you place your order and then you get the message that says, oh, I didn't really actually have all of those things. How about these things, <laughs> right? <laughs> so we're still getting better at that. But those kinds of shifts, the, the people in the equation, um, you know, it, it, it was hard work, uh, but a lot of them would tell you they thrive on that kind of problem solving. Um, and then, and, and the technology, bringing the technology in to be able to say, here's what, what's on the shelf, what we think is on the shelf with a pretty, um, you know, pretty good level of confidence. Uh, you know, we saw a lot of that. We also saw thinking about manufacturing and packaging processes. You know, we had a, a dairy, or excuse me, a poultry, um, uh, producer who had a big restaurant business and a, you know, a, um, a, a sizable but lesser significant grocery business. And all of a sudden the restaurants are shuttered, nobody's eating out, and the poultry on the shelves in the grocery store is just wiped out, right? And, and so they start, you know, really shifting from the, the, the restaurant channel to the grocery channel. And, and then they realized very quickly man, people are buying in bulk. <laughs> They're not buying the, the three chicken breasts packaged together. They want the 12, you know? So those are supply chain changes. Those are the decisions that, that the people were making on a daily basis. And it, it was, and it was risky. 
Because again, all the changes happened so fast and you didn't know how long it was going to last. So you needed to make changes without making permanent changes or laying out too much capital investment to make the changes. And that was kind of the balance that we saw. Uh, we were really trying to strike with many of our clients. Yeah. And as you just mentioned, kind of um, not making permanent changes, I'm kind of wondering if anything, um, any innovation has kind of come out of the pandemic that is going to stay and kind of really impact the future of how we, we run our supply chains. So it, it's, um, you know, customer expectations never move backwards. They're going to expect us to be able to do um, everything we're doing now as a result of the pandemic. Uh, I don't, convenience is sticky, right? And from an end consumer perspective, a lot of people who never pictured themselves shopping online are just enamored with the convenience of it by now, right? So that's not mm. going to go away. That is not going to go away. We might, I, I do think that that we'll see an uptick, you know, back on in the in-store and, and it's certainly in the restaurant business, that'll, that'll definitely come back. Um, but we won't, we've got to be able to make that pivot. And maybe it's even a, a, in my regular planning cycle, I'm making the assumption about how much of my business is in which channel, you know, and I'm including all kinds of new data in my planning process. You know, in terms of what what is the status? Are we allow? Are the restaurants open or are they closed? Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of people bring in uh, weather, you know, weather, fire, flood, and even earthquake uh, information into their planning processes. So we're not just looking at what happened last year. Uh, that's that's traditional planning. Is what happened in 2019 is probably a good predictor of what will happen in 2020. Well, we all know that didn't work out, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we, we still leverage. That's that's good data with good insights to be unlocked. So we leverage it, but we lessen our dependency on it by including mm. more information uh, about what's really happening in the world right now. Uh, and when you bring those two together, and this is a sweet spot for artificial intelligence, of course, uh, to, to bring all that data together and make good predictions using data science models. Um, you know, that, that's, that's what they're going to expect ongoing. This is just building on the level of sophistication in supply chain. And, and it's not going to go backwards. It's just going to continue to march forward. Yeah, amazing. I think it's it's really exciting, kind of the power. Um, talk about AI and, and such like this and talk about predictive analytics. And we would never would have been able to predict covid really but i mean now what can we what can we do to kind of i want to say uh like secure ourselves where where you know future disruptions don't don't cause as much damage what can we do there and in terms of you know, obviously leveraging technology that kind of keep us keep us standing strong yeah so um so data-driven decision making right um a lot of us uh, it, it's surprising to me when I came into this role and I got to talk to a lot of other supply chain professionals, um, much bigger, wider uh, group that, that I was able to tap into in my prior uh, experience. I was shocked um, it, how much decision making is still institutional knowledge based, you know, gut feel and um and, you know, John's been here for 25 years. Let's go ask John what he thinks we should do, right? I mean, it, it, it's, and we're running our businesses on spreadsheets, right? There is so mm. 
many areas of large corporations um, where we're running the business with, with a set of spreadsheets. And, and so there's opportunities there. And I will tell you, so, so number one is really, and, and, and the, the, no big bang, right? No major overhaul, um, thoughtful, well-scoped, progressive transformation is the way to get there. No rip and replace. Nobody has the time or the patience or the money to do big rip and replace IT projects anymore. So we've got to be thoughtful. We've got to scope things properly, but we've got to bring the technology in and get away from the guessing. And then number two is relationships, right? Um, supply chains by definition are ecosystems of companies working together to deliver a value to an end customer. So if, if no matter who we are in supply chain, we couldn't do our jobs without our partnerships, without our suppliers, without our logistics providers, without you know, all the helpers out there that are inside and outside of our enterprise. Um, in the pandemic, I think people really, really recognized where do I have a good trusted partnership versus, you know, I'm the buyer, you're the supplier relationship, right? And we saw a lot of companies coming together and doing collaborative decision-making because resiliency is all about being able to pivot. Pivoting means I've got to know what my options are and you've got to really sit and, and have thoughtful brainstorming and innovation discussions with those companies that you're partnered with to actually understand the options that are at your disposal, right? So I, and, and there's technology, you know, these days that's enabling us to partner better together. Things like blockchain, um, you know, blockchain by definition is team sport. <laughs> we, we say that at IBM all the time. You know, if, if, if you're just trying to build a solution for yourself, um, you know, that, that's not what blockchain is built for. It's built for sharing data in a permissioned way and really recognizing end-to-end -end in the supply chain, you know, what's happening when, and making sure everybody has that same information at the same time. So again, we're all making data-driven decisions with up-to-date data that we all, mm -hmm. you know, share, right? And, and you know, they're, they're permissioned. You don't show the wrong person the wrong piece of data, you know, those kinds of things, but... Um, so, so to, that was a long answer to your question, Emily. And it's about leveraging technology to make better data-driven decisions and collaborative decisions. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's amazing. Um, like, I, I kind of want to touch on um, looking at it now in retrospect, how you think we handled COVID, in particular focus on like risk and project management, and also looking at it from a personal business and industry-wide kind of perspective, because there's so many layers to it and so many tiers to the supply chain so so how do you think um in your opinion it was handled oh i, I salute everyone i, I just <laughs> we all did our best you know we were thrown into the lion's den um and most of us survived i like to think that most of us have learned a lot uh coming through that and and that's what's important you know still being around and having learned those lessons now put those lessons 
into practice. Don't just, you know, write them in your diary and say, these are the things I learned. That's what we've got to do. And we've got to make sure um, that we are building resiliency into our supply chains and that ability to pivot. And that we've got, you know, the innovative opportunity. I think that's another place where um, a lot of companies take for granted um, that innovation doesn't just happen. Uh, it needs to be requested. It needs to be allowed, you, you know? And, and mm -hmm. um, uh, some companies, and, and there's a couple in particular that we work with have innovation offices, right? And they're, they're, um, they're given certain specific projects to go work on. And, um, you know, and, and, and a lot of us are now very much adopting agile practices in our businesses. And the whole idea there is go do something. If it doesn't work, fail fast, rinse and repeat, right? And do it better mm -hmm. the next time. So you've really got to make innovation a focus and it, it needs to be pervasive. That It needs to be a culture, um, but it also has to be very specifically driven and requested and, and people need to be told you are expected to innovate, right? Mm. And that's, what's going to keep us moving forward. And that's, what's going to allow us to really take those lessons learned from the pandemic and move, move ahead. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, kind of your question of how did we do, uh, we, we learned, you know, some really valuable lessons. Single sourcing, uh, is risky, right? Having all of your manufacturing capacity in the same geographical region is risky. Um, having all of your capacity in a particular location when no one could come to work, right, uh, is risky. Mm. Um, and, and so, you know, we recognize that it, and, okay, and here's another really good inventory. Inventory, inventory, inventory. Supply chains are all about inventory. Where's my stuff, right? <laughs> How much do I have where? What's coming? What's going? Do I have the right thing where I need it when I need it? It's all about mm -hmm. inventory. And so when you think about it, that and we've been on this march to say, I don't want to hold inventory. That's expensive. You hold the inventory. No, you hold it. <laughs> right? Um, it, that, that's one of the things that, uh, if people didn't have good, first of all, just straight visibility, you have to be able to see it. What is where you have to know. Then the next step is good visibility to what's expected to go out. You know, what's your demand plan and what's expected to come in? What's your supply plan? Right. So still all within that focus of inventory. How much do I really need where? Right. And interest rates are super low. I know nobody wants to hold inventory, but interest rates are super low. Holding a little extra inventory right now might be a good option to hedge the risk uh, of, of future disruptions. Right. But again, and, and, and thinking back to that ecosystem comment, somebody's got to hold the inventory and you're all in this together. <laughs> right you can't force one entity one partner to to hold all that and, and bear all that cost we've we've got to work together better yeah and you made a really amazing point in there kind of talking about what we've learned and how we can kind of progress forward and um 
recently the White House released an executive order um, on America's supply chains, which is super exciting and kind of uh, the main sections revolving around policy, um, which I suppose is kind of in relation to the diverse diversity and security of a supply chain. And then it's coordination, which we kind of spoke about relationships and also the 100 day supply chain review, which is, you know, this is all really exciting stuff. I was wondering, you know, your opinions and kind of if you could just kind of speak through that for us. I am thrilled with this executive order. I mean, just, just, you know, the fact that they issued an executive order on supply chain, it gets back to that point I made earlier about our seat at the table. Yeah. It is much better understood. You know, even my children hear supply chain on the news and they say, oh, mom, that's what you do. And I say, yes, it is. Good job. And, um, <laughs> and the president is saying, look, our supply chains um, make or break us. That's what that executive order is saying. And we need to very quickly do an assessment of how, what, what is the status of our supply chains? Um, he, he, the, the office and the, the order is clearly focused on things like security, um, things like economics, uh, and, and all of that. Uh, all around efficiency there there are you know specific items in there asking about the efficiency and the risks to America's supply chains and he pulled in every secretary he's got everybody got it to do right <laughs> from secretary of commerce secretary of transportation homeland security you everybody got it to do um so i i'm thrilled that you know it has risen to that level of importance these reports, as they're getting built um, and, and coming in, there's a, a, a chunk of them due in 100 days, and then there's a, the, the remainder um, in a year. But it is a comprehensive request to say, identify the risks and bring me recommendations about what the federal government can do, in your opinion, <laughs> it's a recommendation, but bring me that recommendation of how we can make this you know, better uh, for the companies who have their supply chain operations, you know, operating in the United States. Um, so it's just, it's a fantastic opportunity and it underscores um, the importance of supply chain. Yeah, I think, like you said, the, the literal importance in the past year has just risen. I remember like, um, obviously I tell my family about doing this podcast and they they hear on the news supply chain because it's about PPE and it's about vaccinations and everything and it's so topical but I think it's so exciting that you know it's it's getting spoken about so much because it's so essential to everything like you walk into a shop you have to question how that gets there and that's the supply chain that's that's every aspect of it so I think it's super exciting and um Regarding this White House um, order, what does this actually mean for companies and businesses, if not just to kind of fuel the fire of passion that's in the supply chain? Oh, reach out to your government official. <laughs> that's what that means. Make your voice heard. Um, they need our input. Those folks are performing those assessments and, you know, they're limited. They're, America's supply chains is a massive topic. Think about that. So it's our duty, it's our responsibility, both as you know, those of us that live in the country as citizens, as well as practitioners, to make sure that those recommendations and those assessments are well-informed, 
right? A, a, a lot of these groups have committees with open public meetings. Anyone can come. Um, so roll up our sleeves as you know the supply chain discipline and make sure that these reports contain the information that we know to be true and give them our opinion on recommendations. You know, we've got a lot of smart people who, like I said, have learned a lot over the last year and, you know, years prior. So we've got to make sure, um, you know, as a discipline, as a set of the uh, practitioners, that we are informing, you know, what's going forward and, you know, and embracing it once it's, it's published. Yeah, and I suppose it's almost a chance for a business to uh, take a step back and kind of look at themselves and their position within the supply chain and kind of understanding every tier and aspect of it. Um, and so I guess my question is, how can we ensure end-to-end supply chain clarity and understanding? I will tell you, there's no silver bullet on that one. <laughs> we, we are, um, you know, we are all... Uh, very skilled in particular parts of the supply chain because there's lots of details in every step, you know, along the way. But when you think about plan, make, deliver, right? It's three little words. (laughs) There is a massive amount of activity. You know, just, just take one of those plan, right? I've got a product plan. I've got a demand plan. I've got a supply plan. I've got a production plan. (laughs) There's a lot of detail in each one. So really getting an end-to-end perspective is important and difficult. So everybody, no matter what your specialty is, rise up and look side to side at your partners and get to know their part of the business as well. Because our, our, our understanding and our recommendations and decision-making are better when we're looking at a broader set of pros and cons. Every decision is a trade-off. If you can't see the trade-off you're making, you're just, you're making your world better, but you're making, you know, downstream in the warehouse worse, you know, that's not helping your overall business. So um, <laughs> your question was, how do we ensure? And, and it's gonna take deliberate effort. It's, it's going to, you really have to ask the folks in your company to get that broader perspective. Stay very good and focused at what you do all day, every day, but also get that broader perspective of the immediate up and downstream and eventually we'll cover the end-to-end spectrum, right? But, but it is, it's a, there's a lot inside there, right? But, but I'll tell you, you know, we're seeing it though. And, and some companies are doing it very well because a late inbound shipment of components to a manufacturing facility, right? It's supposed to be here in two days, but now I know it's not going to be here for another week. Can I tell whose customer order is impacted by those three days? If I can't, I need to because I immediately need to manage the expectations of that customer. Amazing. And I kind of want to... Uh touch on the future here just as we wrap things up and kind of uh what you're excited for uh in the future you know your own kind of business and kind of um, personal um growth in the supply chain and as well just just the overall supply chain oh well so it it is it's a good time to be in supply chain there's there's no doubt about that so that in of of itself is exciting um the opportunity that we have and 
all of the technology that we have. You know, we've got technology that we, um, you know, 20 years ago, people didn't even think about. Things that used to be considered science fiction are real, you know? And it's, you know, people like myself, I feel like we have to steward that technology into the discipline. Um, and make sure that we're not just putting technology in place to have it, but we're actually driving better business outcomes. Um, so it's a little bit like a kid in a candy store right now. <laughs> is is I hope I hope that's the feeling that a lot of supply chain practitioners have, um, because we do have the the recognition, right, of the president <laughs> as well as you know the leaders of our companies and our consumers. Right? A lot of consumers didn't recognize a supply chain. They just thought, hey, the box shows up at the door. Right? <laughs> now they sort of get it. They understand that a little bit better. And managing those expectations is really important. Um, so I, I'm super excited about that. I am excited about um, you know, industry organizations and universities coming together and rallying around this. We are seeing more... Uh, uptake in uh, universities with supply chain programs very specifically mm -hmm. you we've had logistics programs for a while we've had um, in, industrial engineering has always been a good hotbed for for supply chain discussion and, and skills but we're getting very specific you know programs in procurement uh, things like that so um, you know that's exciting to see an entirely, you know, a, a new generation that has and comes into the discipline with a great education, very focused on supply chain. Um, and, and again, I just think the relationships and, and the ability to sit down with your partners and have more open, um, deeper, innovative, creative conversations, that is an amazing opportunity for us to move forward. So um, yeah, there, it's a good time to be in supply chain, no doubt about it. And, and I'll come back to the sustainability theme. We in supply chain have an enormous influence over the impacts of our companies on the planet. You know, the decisions we make about how to procure, who to procure from, how to manufacture, right? How to power our factories, how much water to consume, what to do with the water. Can I, can I get that? Can I use it again? Water is a huge um, focus for sustainability practices to improve our, our uh, abilities there. And then in distribution channels, you know, if, if, if I'm shopping online and I put on the, the checkout, you know, would you like to choose the sustainable option of having this all delivered in one truckload on Tuesday? Or do you have to have each item as soon as it's possibly available? Put the decision that you're asking the consumer to make in the context of its impact and its sustainability, and the consumer will make the right decision. Mm. Right? So we've got to think more like that. And last thing, circular economy, right? Again, sticking with sustainability, those of us in supply chain, how do we get products back? How do we make sure the things I make and put out there into the world, 
don't go fill up landfills, right? That is something that we can all, it, we're not asking ourselves that question today. Not nearly enough. Some are, and some are doing a fabulous job. Um, there are some really good leading examples for people to follow. Uh, seek those out and ask yourself in your own business, you know, how can I do this? So it, it's an area of investment. We're making big decisions in supply chain right now. We've got that, you know, recognition from leadership that it's important um, and we can make decisions based on the, the right criteria for our business and for our consumer and for the planet. Yeah, and that's amazing. Um, I think that's kind of a really inspiring point to end on. So I would just like to really thank you for your your insights and your um, positivity just surrounding these topics. It really it really comes through the screen, kind of how passionate you are about the supply chain. And I think it's going to make for an amazing podcast. So I can only just thank you enough. Um, I hope you've enjoyed our discussion today and I have as well. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me, Emily. It's a pleasure. And I am super passionate about this. It, <laughs> it's truly a unique and amazing, tremendous opportunity for supply chain right now. Absolutely. And I, I can only hope that we can continue this discussion, you know, on LinkedIn and um, that this podcast can be a source of kind of inspiration and passion for, you know, all leaders in the supply chain. So yeah, thank you for coming on today. And I hope you have an amazing day. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye.